0: listeners, welcome to another episode of Liberty Sessions. And today we have a delicious, delicious story to tell you um, of Tiny Bee Chocolate. And Renata is with us uh, in studio today. Renata, welcome.
1: Thank you, Neda. Hi. Uh, Thank you for having me here. Absolutely. It's a pleasure.
0: It's a pleasure. I'm excited to hear your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your company, about Tiny Bee Chocolate?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, we, Me and my husband, we founded Tiny Bee Chocolate three and a half years ago here in San Francisco. So I'm the chocolatier and the CEO of the company. We are specializing in Brazil's national dessert. That's the brigadeiro. It's a kind of a truffle. It's like we, mm-hmm. I call it the cousin of the truffle. It's a little bit different because it's made with condensed milk. And it's very creamy and it has a unique look and taste and it's very fun to eat it. So um, that's my company.
0: Can you describe a little bit the taste for us? Like how is it different than a truffle? How is it different than just a chocolate experience? What's special about it? We don't get to taste it through a podcast yet. We we haven't developed that technology. (laughs) Yeah, sure. So it's made uh,
1: with condensed milk and mm-hmm. chocolate it's um so it gives this a uh, creamier texture and um, it has no shell no no, uh-huh. no it's not covered with a hard shell like chocolate and that's the difference it's more like the heart of the truffle the the brigadeiro the is the part. heart of the yeah the the center <laughs> that's the difference I love it. <laughs> so the the brigadeiro is the national dessert of brazil and it was invented during elections in the 50s. They were trying to collect uh, to raise money for this this candidate. And um, he loved chocolate, and they decided to make the, the to create the brigadero to sell it to raise money for his campaign. And he didn't win the elections, but the brigadero became the national dessert of the country. So if you. Uh, go to Brazil, any single Brazilian knows about this, this treat and everybody loves them. And we grew up eating brigadeiro since we are like two years old. And um, I used to make them with my mother since I was a child as well. Every party you go, you have brigadeiro uh, it's like weddings you go or if you go to a cafe you ask for coffee you're they're going to serve you coffee with a little brigadeiro on the side so that's how popular brigadeiro is in Brazil
0: we need to bring that concept here can you bring that concept here coffee with brigadeiro <laughs> come on renata yeah help that's us what out. we tried to do <laughs> okay we let's, do let's, to do do <laughs> um, let's do so it let's do this let's do it let's do it what was your professional experience that you could be a uh, a uh, chocolatier—that sounds so awesome—and like a movie that I want to be in. Like, how how does one become a chocolatier? A chocolatier, and how did you know that this was something that you wanted to bring to the U.S. market?
1: So it's very interesting. I I, I grew up helping my mom make chocolate. She my my mother has a chocolate business in our small town in in Brazil, in the state of São Paulo. So since I was 11 years old, I, I helped her to make chocolate, to make brigadero. and um, when I, la- I left to I went to college, I, I could not help her anymore, and, but I, I always missed, you know, being involved with, with chocolate. So I met my husband and I moved to San Francisco, and then I'm like, "You know what?" It's my favorite dessert, so I'm going to share with friends. And I started giving gifts, like, for, for birthday parties. Like, okay, I'm going to bring brigadeiro. Yeah. And everybody started enjoying and, and, like, you made this? This is so yummy. And so maybe you should sell it. And then I started the company by myself. And I, I needed help to for the business side. So my yeah. husband joined me because he's an experienced entrepreneur. And that's how I started. So that's
0: how it was born.
1: <laughs> yeah. Tiny Bee was born. And my husband was so excited to join me and he was in tech before and then he was in chocolate and he was like, oh wow, selling chocolate is so much more fun than selling technology. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah, I agree with him. He, he, um, yeah yeah <laughs> so that's how I started, and uh, it's so unique. no one makes brigadero here in San Francisco,
0: yeah and I've never even heard of brigadero and I fancy myself a a chocolate uh expert connoisseur connoisseur thanks Elizabeth. i i,
1: I I'll happily send you some, and you're gonna be like so, i I think you're gonna love it because
0: i, I uh, yeah, I think we just we just made every listener jealous because you're sending me some but they have access to <laughs> Tiny B, by the way, and we're going to get into that in a second. So tell us, so you're you're somebody who's experienced in making Brigadero. You bring your husband along to help with the business side. What's the hardest part of launching this new business and this, this platform? And I assume you're making these out of your kitchen.
1: Oh, we started making out of my kitchen. We're yeah. not anymore. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so we started like... Not in the garage, but in the kitchen. Uh, not in the garage, like the techno- the technology companies here yeah. in, the, in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah, that's right. A little bit different take on that. Yeah. <laughs> so now we have a uh, commercial kitchen. So you asked what was the hardest part of yeah. launching my platform. So it's a very competitive market. And uh, people have so many great choices standing out it's is like what it's the hardest to do uh, even brigadeiro not being popular or no one knows brigadeiro there are so so many choices of chocolates here in the city or in the country mm-hmm. that's the hardest part but we are you know everybody that tries it loves it. and we have loyal
0: clients but it's interesting because even as i listen to you talk and you say when you say it's sort of like a truffle i think okay, well, I like truffles, so I'm sure I'll like it. When you say that it is the national dessert of Brazil and how it came to be and that this was something that you grew up making with your mom, I I want to taste it. I want to I want experience it. So I'm assuming that that's re- been a really big pull for you guys is being able to talk about the the heritage and the story behind it and how it's something that's unique and not offered in this country because it doesn't you know, it, it, because of the condensed milk or whatever. Has that been a really big um, sort of marketing tool for you to to get this out and to entice people to try this, this new chocolate experience?
1: Yeah, people love this story. The fact that it's from Brazil, that I grew up making the chocolate and my husband joined me. Yeah, this is something that definitely makes people excited and it wants to support the our business and when they try the chocolate it's all they talk about it so yeah that's that's something that really helps for sure
0: and did you so you said you started in your kitchen and I just i'm curious like when did you decide that going into a commercial kitchen was the best thing to do? Was it because of volume? Because there were just so many chocolates being made? Was it because I had to separate my personal and my professional life? Like, what was the kind of tipping point um, in which you decided that you needed a commercial space?
1: So, yeah, we have. So we started the kitchen with a license that allowed us to make the chocolate and sell the chocolate, um... The clients could pick up the chocolate in our f- house, but we not we could not send the chocolate by mail if, anywhere in the country so we don't have right. a front uh, a storefront but we have uh-huh. an online store so our idea was to to mail the chocolate so we had to change to from from cottage food operation that was the license we had at the time uh-huh. to l l c in order to be LLC, we had to have a commercial kitchen. So we, we could not produce the chocolate in the house anymore, in our kitchen anymore.
0: So that's really helpful because I think a lot of listeners are, are saying, oh, I know how to make this or I want to try and do this cupcake or lollipop or whatever sort of business, yes. jams. Yeah. And they don't understand that there is a cottage uh, license. But is, And I'm not sure that that's yes. in every single state. I know we have it in California, but... I don't know if it's in every state. Do you know, Renata?
1: I think there are a lot of states ha have, have the, the this kind of license. Okay. I'm not sure if all these states, but not only I I'm sure it's not only California.
0: So my assumption is they can go to their sort of state franchise board, you know, whatever your state is.gov um, the SBA office, whatever. Um, and they can, uh, this is for all you listeners and they can tell you if there's a cottage industry license, but I, I like what you're saying or how you're sort of educating us that at the point when you wanted to sell online, you needed to be an LLC. So you could, um, and in order to be an LLC, you needed to have this, uh, commercial kitchen. So everything sort of dictated based on where you wanted to go, what you needed to do.
1: Yes, exactly. And, you know, it's not something very hard to do. Even the, uh, I like the, the cottage food operation um, license that allows people, like, passionate people, like, I like to cook, I want to share. And you can start from your kitchen. And that's really, you know, it's it's a good support for who has no experience and do what, wants to start small and just try to see if it works. And that was really... Uh, a, I was very happy that I could start this way because yeah. I didn't know if it was going to work or not. And it was very... Or if you
0: would like it. Maybe you... If it I would like to yeah, be... Um, yeah.
1: yeah uh, to have my own business, to be an entrepreneur. So, and then by... Uh, yeah. When we were ready to go to LLC and have our own kitchen, I, I was sure that, uh, yeah, this is what we want to do. And let's... Let's... Let's, let's go for it. And let's... Yeah. Let's go for <laughs> it. So... So you mentioned yeah.
0: the idea of, I didn't know if I would like being an entrepreneur. Did you think, did you always think you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Was that something that you were pursuing? And, and so then you came up with the chocolate idea or was it, I really want to make these chocolates. I guess that means I need to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> How did it happen? No,
1: I never, I never thought I, I would be an entrepreneur. I, I had this, I have, I helped my mom for so many years and I was from a small town in Sao Paulo. I'm like, you know, I want to go to a big city and have my profession and go to my work every day. That was my, my, my dream. And then I worked as a nurse for like over 10 years. I was happy. But then I was like, I felt like was, I was done with my profession. I want to do something more creative and more something different, more artistic. Mm-hmm. I never thought I would go back to make chocolate but when when I started I I could see that that was the part that was missing in my life being my own you know having my own company yeah. being my own boss and and creating chocolate and making people happy it's all so connected and uh, I don't even think that I'm, I'm an entrepreneur I'm just like I I like to share my my favorite dessert with people that's that's what's what's in my my mind every day and everything comes together but that's the
0: um it's kind of the reason behind it right the heart behind it
1: yeah i don't have the sales and marketing background but i i kind of i have a good sense of what people want and what do you del- what will delight them and then i just follow my 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 heart and my intuition and, and things are happening. So
0: you sound like an entrepreneur to me, let's say. (laughs) Yeah. I would say more than half, I would say more than half. And we don't discount all that your husband is bringing to the table, but I would say you, you said, you know, you, you have a sense of what the consumer wants. You have a heart to delight them. You have, um, the ability to create and produce the product, and and to create and produce mm-hmm. those great outcomes, sounds like an entrepreneur to me. I'm going to go ahead and say you're an oh. entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to slap that title <laughs> on you. So tell okay, us. Okay, I accept that. Yeah, I think you should. I think you should. Um, I, in looking at your website, one of the things that's different about the way you guys work is you you make these chocolates and you sell these chocolates. But like you said, you're, you're doing this through the mail and you have a subscription model. People can boot oh, buy a three month, six month or 12 month and you do it for individuals and businesses. Tell us a little bit about how you decided we're not going to have a storefront. We're going to make sure that, you know, we're going to do this digitally and we're going to do it through this subscription model. Tell us how you came to that decision.
1: When we started tiny B, we were focusing more in the business uh, side, the, the B2B side. so we didn't ha- we, we didn't really needed a store front to to ha- to because we thought the business side would be much more profitable would be the way to go and uh, uh, like let's say 70 percent business to business and 30 percent consumer so uh, and the people are buying more online these days and the investment to have a store is much higher. And again, it was a test to see how it would work. We didn't have the resource to, to go big and have a storefront. So having an online store, it was enough for us. And um, we want the people to have a good experience when they go to our website. And then, again, when the the person go likes the chocolate, they can have the chocolate every month without having to go to the website and, and buy it every month. They can have the surprise of getting the chocolate in the mail every month and having the surprise of, oh, what do I have what, what do I have here this month? And that's that's why we, we we've thought about the subscription. Yeah. Um just a little treat for you know, you can treat yourself every month without thinking too much and making it easier.
0: I love that you did this and you viewed this as an opportunity. It's taking, I mean, you talked about your husband being in tech. It's taking kind of that Mm -hmm. understanding of how that digital marketplace is available and applying it to something that we don't usually, we usually think of having access to through a storefront but we're not living that way Uh anymore. Right. And so you got ahead of them. You got ahead of the curve and who doesn't want chocolate delivered to their door. Um, let me ask you a question. You said that people are surprised when they get the chocolate. Does that mean that the variations are different each month that they come? So they're getting these different experiences.
1: Yes. Every month we try, we, we make a, a new selection, uh, of new flavors and then the person never knows what uh, it's gonna get in the mail. So, yeah, a special a special selections for the subscribers. We we have that.
0: One of the things I love is that you offer this for businesses, and I think what a great way to thank a customer, or to send out even as gifts is this this gift of a, a chocolate subscription. It's so novel. You'll you'll never be forgotten in your client's mind if you <laughs> you get yeah, a subscription yeah. to chocolate
1: we have a lot of this, the companies that send like a gifter, uh, the, our chocolate as a gift to their employees
0: with a nice note, handwritten note. I love that. And let me ask going back, because so, I think, again, there are people who are listening, who are thinking about perhaps um, creating some sort of uh, food specialty um, and starting out in their kitchen. I have to believe that By doing these varied boxes and having them unique each month, part of that is you're able to offer a a wide selection, but you're doing it in batches. So you're able to produce, you know, buy those ingredients and produce in quantity um, one at a time. You don't have to provide, uh, let's say, you know, 50 kinds of chocolate flavors at any given moment you're providing it over the course of the year. So you're always making, I'm just going to make stuff up, but you're always making, you know, a chocolate that has mint, but you're only doing it once. And then the next one, you know, has nuts or, or whatever. And you're able to buy those ingredients and leverage the um, the quantity discounts that y- you you would take advantage of as as a as a business. Is that did that sort of dictate how you were going to offer that as opposed to giving people a subscription that they could choose uh, their own selection of flavors?
1: We look. We have twenty flavors, actually, it's nineteen flavors that you can choose from uh, in our online store. So every month you have this 19 flavors, and uh, if you want to buy today and and choose like five flavors uh, from the 20, we have all the ingredients. So you can do it, and on top of that, we create
0: other flavors for the subscription. In terms of just how you're able to buy, um, buy ingredients for the various flavors. So even though you have those 20 different, is it 19 or 20? Where did we land? 19 flavors. If you have those 19 flavors, you're not offering all 19 all year round, or are you?
1: Oh Yes, we are. We are offering okay. all year, year round. Yes. So the person has a, the option to choose the flavors the uh, they want
0: to from the website. Yeah. On the website. Okay. Besides that, we create more other flavors. I get it. So the surprise is the other flavors that are not part of the standard 19.
1: Yes. Got yeah. it and that yeah. would
0: those are the surprise flavors that come to them you know once a month whether it's yes, the 3 month or the exactly okay. yeah and so yeah. that i guess is the point i was making that when you have let's say the surprise Brigadero, you're able to buy the ingredients for that one time you don't have to you don't have to have all those ingredients all year round especially if it's a seasonal flavor
1: yes exactly but it's very easy to buy um, from we have lots of uh, comp- distributors that sells for um, small companies, small uh, quantities in good prices. So that's not really
0: a, that hasn't a big, been an big issue. deal. Yeah. How long did it take you to find those different vendors and and people who could provide those ingredients? I assume that when you first started, you just went to the grocery store. How long before you started to find people who could uh, could work with you as a small business?
1: You know, it took me like. A good six months to find out the distributors that would work with small companies mm-hmm. we have a, a store here in san francisco that sells wholesale and they have and and especially for small companies it's not like i don't know if i can say it, it's not like costco it's yeah. more for companies but you go there and you buy like let's say five kilos of chocolate or Two kilos or two bottles, and you don't have to buy the whole case, and that's um, uh, that's make a, the 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 life of a small business much
0: easier. Sure, sure. It was fun to see on your website that you also have brigadeiro in a jar. Um, oh, I yeah. love that. I'm like, mm, how how do I what do I put that on? Do you put it on toast? Put on a cookie anywhere (laughs) on top of on your ice cream,
1: uh, in your toast, on your toast, on your in your cake. You know, you make you have a cake. You put on that's brilliant. Uh, In your pancake, in your yeah, anywhere. It's like any spread you you like. You substitute for for chocolate for brigadeiro. So you can put in the. in the microwave for like 30 seconds, you know, warm, it up, warm it up a little bit
0: and you eat it with a spoon even. Yep. That's how we okay. eat in Brazil. Okay, let's do that. Let's have a Brigadero eat with a spoon party. <laughs> one of the things that it's interesting to me in looking at this, like do you imagine yourself expanding what Brigadero is and is used for and, and sort of how people experiencing experience it, including, you know, Brigadero in a jar? Or do you imagine one day expanding the types of chocolates that you have like where do you go from here when you think of growth i think
1: on expanding how people eat the brigadeiro not making yeah. other kinds of other types of chocolate but bringing the 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 whole experience of how to eat brigadeiro to americans to yeah that's my goal how how, how instead of using uh, nutella you can use a brigadeiro to make your pancakes or to put on your ice cream and uh we want to do to 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 find partners like ice cream companies to say, make yeah. uh, brigadeiros ice cream yeah um
0: brigadeiro chips yeah for that's my chocolate my, chip cookie
1: <laughs> yeah i'm i'm, I'm working on a recipe actually to make the cookie brigadeiro cookie
0: yeah okay we'll be your Brigad- official tasters we're because awesome we're helpful like that (laughs) we need that (laughs) okay so i have i mean so far this sounds like a great story that there haven't been any problems was there a time where you felt like you and your husband looked at each other and said this is this is too much or this isn't working or we just want to give up we want to throw in the towel and what kept you going
1: you know it's it's not easy it's like a lot of work, and sometimes you're like, "Am I in the right direction?" Yeah. Because um, it's hard to find your niche and to, to make it profitable. But I, I knew I, I knew that um, we we could make it, and I'm I'm very positive, and and I always believe that we can do it, and we can keep going even with like the most like hard problems happening in, on the way. It, it takes time and practice and experience, but we never felt like giving up and stopping and like changing the way yeah. the company
0: is, is doing. It. Like Kind of what your mission is. It was just like, it's hard, but we're going to yeah, keep moving I, forward. Yeah,
1: it's hard, but we want to keep doing this because the feedback from, from our clients is always so positive and people yeah. love the chocolate. Then like we have... Even with the most, with all these struggles on the way, we we
0: want to keep going.
1: Yeah, we never really looked at each other and like, okay, let's stop this. We didn't have this time yet, and I hope it didn't come.
0: No, the U.S. So, needs Brigadero. I, you stay forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knowing what you know now, Renata, when you look back at how many years have you been in business so far? Three and a half. Okay. When you Three look and back yeah. and you think of the the you know, the first few months, three and a half years ago, what would you go back and change if you could start all over? What's one thing that you would do differently?
1: Yeah, I think I would be much more sensitive to what's, uh, to what's being done before. And, and I would, I would almost say that I would learn from what others are, are doing you know because there are so many experienced people mm. so learning from other companies that has done what we were trying to do i would definitely look to more to do it similar to this side to learn from them
0: to learn from others
1: yeah that's one thing we'd definitely do
0: and and is that because you were learning the hard way or trying to do things differently or reinventing the wheel And you felt like that was a waste of time, maybe.
1: We are trying to do some things a little differently, pursuing some markets that um, would take so long. It's like changing behaviors, and changing behaviors takes so long that would not be. um, That's not really what a a young company needs, you know. Mm -hmm. In the beginning, you have to kind of go with the flow and try to to learn what others are doing and try to, to go the same way because otherwise you, 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 it's hard to support a company that is not profitable and has so many things to learn. So uh, changing behaviors and try to, for example... Um, I was just
0: going to ask you for an example if, if you could give us one.
1: For example, we are going after a market where the we we have we had clients that never uh, sent out gifts before with handwritten notes, and we are trying to pursue them to do it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it it takes a long time for for the the the, the this clients to say, "Okay, I'm going to do it." And like after a year, we had the client, for example, but we waiting for a year to have this client <laughs> yeah. signing up. That long, the program time. is not, yeah, it's a long time, yeah. yeah. So, we should have gone like and then uh, let's go to the easy uh, on the easy way and, and sell the chocolate for the people that are already gifting our chocolate instead of going to like, I don't know, real estate sure. agents, for example. Sure, yeah, sure, that's that's something that we should
0: not have done in the beginning. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? If you didn't do it, the reality is you'd wonder if you should have. So it's just, you just crossed it off your list. You just, now now you know. Yeah. Because that's usually the case. Yeah. Well, we are excited to get our hands on some Tiny Bee Chocolate, as I know um, our listeners are. And all you Liberty listeners, you can head over to tinybeechocolate.com to get um, a little taste of your very own Brigadero. And don't don't say bye, don't sign off, Um, hang on. Next week we'll have all kinds of information of exactly how Renata did it and how she built sort of her own social following in order to do so. So Renata, thanks for telling us your story and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Naida. It was my pleasure. It was really fun to talk to you. Uh, Great to have you. All right, Liberty listeners, we'll see you soon. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Wyndham, and music by Jordan Flower.